Hey, Zoe. Hey, Alex. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Huh? You know, ever since you joined the music committee, I feel like we're really on the same wavelength. You know, I think so, too. Yeah. Have you been thinking about that podcast idea we talked about? As we're on the same wavelength, of, uh, of course. Yeah, awesome. You know, I think it's a great idea. We just need someone to come on and to talk as like a guest. As a guest, yeah. You know, I've been thinking about that. And this guy, Coco Pops, I think? Oh, you mean you mean the drummer guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cyril. 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 Yeah, he'd be a great guest. I'd he'd love to great. have him on. You know, it's really convenient because he's already here. Hey, guys. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm Fantastic. Now that you're here. We have Cyril here. Hi, guys. Yeah. Hi. So, Cyril, then, like, I've known you for a while. Mm -hmm. So, I know you're a drummer, I know you're French Lebanese, and you know, you're you're a pretty cool dude to jam to, man. You got good taste in music. Thank you. But why don't yeah, tell us a little about yourself, you know? What how do you feel about music, about drumming, <laughs> all this stuff? Um, yeah, so as you said, I'm French Lebanese. I was born in Paris. I'm Lebanese uh, parents. And I moved to Dubai when I was six years old. Um, and I started drumming very soon after my move there. I started drumming, I think I was six and a half, when my mom uh, put me at drum school. She, actually, I wanted to play the guitar, because at the time that was like the cool instrument, right? Your guitar is like, and then she said, no, you should just try drumming, and I immediately loved it as soon as I got behind the set. So I love music, <laughs> to right, answer yes. that question. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. That's so funny that you almost started with guitar. Because mm -hmm. I almost started with drums, actually. I always <laughs> wanted a drum set from when I was like seven or eight. Mm -hmm. And I would ask my parents. My mom was like, yeah, we could we could get a drum set. My dad was like, are you crazy? Like, no, <laughs> the noise that would make. Too much sound. <laughs> yeah, oh. no, so I, I got guitar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, cool. So, and you're learning guitar now, right, as well? I Guitar has bit. always super intimidated me for the longest time. Everything that has to do with scales and notes, I was like, I just don't understand it. I felt like my ear was awful like I could never tell the difference between two notes you know and it would just play it off like yeah 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 I definitely know what you're talking about but I had no clue yeah I guess like yeah, <laughs> I, I guess that's the advantage of uh, drums is that you don't need to know that much about like the theory um, I mean aside from rhythm yeah course. it's different but, theory yeah it's some um, even though you, you can have like play melodies on the drums I like as a drummer I, I would say so um, but yeah, I was super intimidated. And so I bought a guitar for like 50 euros and the amp, it came with an amp and a cable and I was like, okay, beautiful. And I started learning at, at, um, at uni, fine, self-taught. Oh, nice. Yeah. And now I play the bass also. Yeah, like multi-instrumentalist. Uh, and I'm learning to play the oud, which is like uh, an Arabic lute. Yeah, no way. With a big, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's dope, man. It's pretty, f yeah. actually really, really hard. Because the scales are completely different. Right. Because they, they use like, um, what do you call them? Like, you know, in the West, you use like tone, tone, semitone. Yeah. They have like microtonal scales. Yeah, you right? quarter tone. Yeah, dude, that's and, crazy. And, it's, the, and the neck is fretless, so it's super... Like, oh, so you really got to know where you are. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice. But it's okay. I'm getting it down slowly, slowly. Cool, man. That's pretty diverse. I didn't even, uh, I didn't know about the oud. Yeah, I got that's it recently. Good. All right. Right on. Pretty soon you can start your own man band. 
Yeah. <laughs> in my room? Yeah. Yeah, why not? Soon enough. Gotta learn how to sing. Little Tame Impala. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Kevin Parker. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, so what kind of, um, like, you, I know you play a lot of funk every time we jam, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's also because I play a lot of funk. So what would you say, like, your biggest genre or, like, drummer inspirations were and, like, the sound that you play and stuff that you play? Um... I think I'm, I'm just going to answer that question by like explaining my, because it's changed a lot over sure time thing. and I think everything has really like a, an impact on what I play today. Um, when I started playing, I was with a teacher, Mr. Nasser, Mr. Nasser was his name, and he taught me theory. I used to play the xylophone with him even though I went to drum classes and he was super strict in terms of, for example, in drumming, we have rudiments, which are like these things that you would play on any surface, and it's just sticking pattern. So like there's paradiddles. One. Or exactly. So right. the paradiddle is like the basic one, and it's like right, left, right, right, left, right, left, left. There are 40 rudiments total. Paradiddle is just one. And you learned them all? I learned most of them. And mm-hmm. so I was like, imagine a, sev- a seven-year-old coming to class, and this teacher, because I, I wouldn't remember them, he'd look at me and, t- and tell me, what's your name? my name is Cyril he's like okay so you answer like this for what's your name and when I tell you next time play this rudiment it's the same like you gotta know it like like your name that's intense man yeah it was a lot like uh, the teacher in Whiplash I was just saying that (laughs) so I was seven crying my eyes out (laughs) after lesson yeah sure I mean if the trauma doesn't make it stick then it will right and I played um, like he would teach me some songs and to be fair like Today I'm actually kind of grateful because I really have an ear now that pays attention to the details and to these rudiments and I think I understood the value of technique and of theory before actually going into just learning songs.
afterwards. I switched teachers because he was awful. Um, he was just a brilliant teacher, awful guy. And I moved to, I started uh, following the Trinity Rock and Pop program of the Cambridge University in London. And then, uh, so I did a lot of rock, jazz, and funk through this. And I finished, so I finished grade eight. Oh, wow. And That's I passed with nice. distinction. I was like, yeah. I, I thought I'd failed my final exam. And then when I got the results, I passed, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so a lot of rock in my, in what I learned to play on the drums, uh, a lot of funk. I think a lot of my influences don't necessarily come from what I played on the drums, but what I listened to outside of that. But that influences what you play also, doesn't it? Yeah, but I'm, what I'm trying to say is that a lot of the music that I listened to growing up, I didn't necessarily look to play on the drums. I just listened to them separately. I don't know why I disassociated both things. Um, and so, yeah, so my mom is a jazz singer. Oh, That's wow. something mm. that needs nice. to be said. She was a jazz, a jazz teacher, no, a singing teacher when we lived in Paris. So I always grew up around music. She mm. actually like, has a couple albums herself that she put out back mm, in the okay. day. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I have a big musical influence from her in terms of, yeah, like the different genres that I listen to. Everything that's rock uh, comes from my drumming. Like nothing right. comes f that I know of rock comes from my mom. So can you give us some names? Because I'm curious. In, in terms of rock? Um, or also jazz, maybe? Also jazz. Well, my the first uh, jazz musician that I like really, I think, noticed was Chet Baker. Mm -hmm. Of course. Because Chet Baker. <laughs> if you don't know Chet Baker, <laughs> listen to My Funny Valentine. Just, that's, an, I think, the most beautiful song, maybe. Okay, that's, those are big words, but it's an <laughs> incredible song. Um, Chet Baker was the first jazz musician that I really listened to. And then there was Ibrahim Malouf, who Ooh, is a... Good. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. He's a Lebanese uh, trumpetist, trumpeter, I don't know. And he's incredible. His album, True Story, just... No, Illusions, sorry. True Story is on the album. But Illusions, just amazing. I recommend for whoever's watching or listening. Is that the one where he's, like, clapping his hands on the cover? And it's, like, it's very, like, colorful, very vibrant? It's the one with the red cover. Right. Um, and I don't know if it's him holding a trumpet or if it's a group of people, but it's a red cover. Oh, okay. All right. Um, and in terms of drummers, I think, the f well, the first band that I really listened to for the drums was ACDC, <laughs> which is ironic because their drumming is not... Very but, simple. Very, very simple, exactly. Yeah. But those were the first songs where I was like, okay, I understand like drumming came from a, a very raw and instinctive place in, in those mm. songs when I played it. Maybe that's why it's good to start with it, you know? Maybe, basic yeah. Basic raw stage, and yeah. then move yeah. up. Yeah. I, mean, yeah, I also started uh, guitar with ACDC. Of course. And I, I <laughs> do not listen to them now, but yeah. I started, I saw like some YouTube video of some riff, like some mm -hmm. guy playing it, and I was like, you know, I can do that, that's easy enough. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't, because it was <laughs> a lot harder than I thought. Yeah. But it's, I think it's easy to start with like things like rock, and then move up because it gives you that fundamental you got your one mm -hmm. you got your two mm -hmm. what goes on you mm -hmm. know on these two beats and then it loops that over and over you know yeah very yeah. straightforward yeah and i think i got a bit frustrated i think when i started learning rock so when i changed teachers 
that's when I got frustrated with rock, found with just playing rock because my other teacher wasn't really teaching me songs, really. He was just kind of teaching me how to play and like giving me like two bar rhythms that I would play and he was just really focused on the technique and took the music element out of it. So when I started playing rock, I got, kind of got frustrated because if you've, I understood that drumming is a language in the sense that when I'm speaking to you now, I'm not thinking about each word that I'm saying. I'm just like thinking about an idea that I'm trying to tell you and you. And I'm just saying it like it's just coming out, right? Um, and so with rock, sometimes I'd be listening and then I would play by myself and I was like, okay, I want to, there's this thought in the back of my head that I want to say, but I don't have my tools to say it because rock is so simple because it's so like bass, like bass, snare, mm -hmm. bass, snare, whatever. With other... Um, genres like jazz it's so much more versatile and less like there's so many different styles of jazz okay you have different styles of rock but it's all like more or less a four by four beat and it's much more straightforward with jazz you kind of jazz and funk and all these other genres i think you kind of accumulate vocabulary if i can mm -hmm. say that like a different mm -hmm. uh, yeah. pattern or whatever i guess that um with rock music it's very driving yeah. In the sense that it keeps the, the pace, it keeps the momentum, yeah. and it doesn't do much more than that. No. Um, but with jazz and funk, it, you have less rules, you know? It's mm -hmm. more mm -hmm. uh, free in a way. Yeah. And so you can express different uh, different ideas, different feels through, you know, by being able to move around certain placements of certain hits on yeah. the, like across the four beats you have. Yeah, definitely. Or more than four if you want to That's very true. Get yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's very true. It feels like rock, the drummer kind of like holds things down and keeps the song yeah. driving, but with funk there's um there's more more feeling to it. I don't know. Mm. Not in terms that not in the sense that there's no feeling in rock. Like <laughs> I love rock, I listen to listen to it a lot. Um but uh, I actually started appreciating it so much more since I've learned to play the guitar. Like before that, Jimi Hendrix, I, I listened to him a little bit, but I was never like, okay, this is good music. Before I oh, that's started real I know, I know, right? <laughs> Very but, dangerous. Yeah. I'm, yeah, but I'm like, before I learned the guitar, I don't feel like I really had the tools to truly appreciate Jimmy's music. And mm. now I'm like a huge fan. Mm. There's this drummer called Benny Greb, who is one of my favorite drummers. Um, and he's an artist for himself. He doesn't really play in a band. And he really like, he uses this analogy of drumming being a language um, and it's just yeah he speaks through his drums and not a, okay it's a very I think cliche and uh, cucu, cucu nyan nyan thing to say like which is a very I don't know stereotypical thing like I speak through my instrument but he means it I think in the process of I say my words the same way that I would play my drums yeah. no, in the sense um, that you don't think about it you just kind of do it yeah. because this also relates to uh, what you said before you know we were discussing and, yeah um you said that it was a meditative state also that you um, mm. become when you drum for a while yeah it's automatic you know you just like you say automatic words you mm. automatically do it with your full mm. body definitely and i think uh, you, in drumming you kind of push that even more because it's four-way coordination mm. between all of your limbs so not only do you have to, in a sense, not really think about it, kind of just play, but you also have to really think about it <laughs> to really be fully in your body and fully in control of each limb. You gotta feel it more, even more than you think about it, probably. 
Yeah, because, like, depending I, on the genre. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Muscle memory or also Yeah, but just yeah. proprioception, just having this yeah. awareness of all the individual parts of your body working together. Because yes. coming from, again, guitar and bass background, it's so easy to sit down, hunch <laughs> over, <laughs> and just look at your fretboard and play. <laughs> and that's fine, you know, it works. But then when I started learning drums, I was like, dude, I gotta, I gotta be aware of, like, all my, you know, my physical... Um, the space I'm taking up, you know, physically, and what each body part is doing, mm. while still engaging that idea that you'd have of what do I want to convey. Yeah. And that's where, if you think about it, like if I'm really focusing, all right, here's my groove, but like I got my one, two, three, four, you know, you can play it, but it doesn't mm. quite work. No. But then when you get to the point where you can really, as you said, just kind of zen out and flow, yeah. then it's like speaking. Yeah, exactly. Know? And so that's, that's really, uh, yeah, the yeah, difference that drums has over other instruments that it's so physical. Drums is, is a workout. When I go play the drums for like an hour and a half, I come out sweating. And no. I, sometimes I change, I bring a change of clothes because I'm like, I know I'm gonna be fucking sweaty. Sorry, I, said, I, will uh, I apologize. I'm gonna be really sweaty after. And every time I play a concert, like at the end, it's especially I used to have really long hair. You're gonna so, be buff. Yeah, all the drummers like. Okay, I'm the exception, right? But all the drummers, they're like usually always. You look at. Uh, fucking Neil Peart, mm. you know, he he was so buff. <laughs> he was such a big guy. Even the ones who aren't buff, like they always have really well developed forearms. <laughs> well developed forearms. Yeah, well developed forearms. Yeah, yeah. For a skinny dude, got well developed forearms. I would say, I don't know. Maybe you have a strong grip. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of playing live, actually. Um, playing drums, you know, obviously with any instrument, it's not just about playing the instrument because there are thousands of people who look up mm -hmm. guitar tabs and they can play like Smoke on the Water and you <laughs> ask them to like jam an E or mm -hmm. without even going into the theory, just tell them like, hey, let's play something and they can't do it. So what's your like approach when you're sitting there live jamming, playing with people on a kit? What's going through your mind? Like, are you, yeah. Um, I think to, if this is true for any musician, in any instrument but to play to jam with other people you really need to be attentive to what others are playing it really is a conversation between you and the other players right when it comes to drums as we said earlier you really have to be focused on your body to play on time and to like all of your um mem uh, your limbs, limbs thank you. <laughs> your members i was gonna say members. all of your limbs to be coordinated um and there's a, a drummer who gave a sh uh, talk on this platform called Drumio, and he used the example of a CPU, which we were speaking about last time. So a CPU is like the thing on your laptop that it's basically your laptop's brain, right? Um, and he says, if you picture a CPU in our own brain when you play the drums, the idea is to keep it as low as possible. If it goes to 100%, that means it's maxed out. That means you're only focused on what you're playing, and you're not even listening to what to what you're playing and to what the others around you are also playing. So this is, I think, what makes the mark of a brilliant drummer or a brilliant musician is when they can play something pretty complex accurately and still have the ability to listen to what they're doing and to what others are doing, right? So as a drummer, I don't have to tune into a key. I don't have to tune into anything else, or like the melody really when, uh, when I'm jamming. I really kind of like I'll focus on the bass line first, if there's a bassist, because th that's, I don't know when you, in music in general, like the bass, guitar, and the drums kind of go together, and then the bass and the 
uh, guitar go together. I've always seen it as like a, a bridge. So right? it's connecting the rhythm to the melody separately. Yeah. They, you know, there's no context for each. Yeah. And the bass gives both of them context. Yeah, so. exactly. Mm -hmm. But then the guitar, nice. like, you can have you can have rhythm guitar, and then yeah. in that sense, I also will be actively listening to the guitar. Um, and for example, in a riff, I'm gonna listen to if there's a, like some uh, some some bits in that guitar riff that are that feel rhythmic or that I want to accentuate. I don't know any examples right now, but if you think, for example, about uh, Led Zeppelin, John Bonham did that a lot. Mm -hmm. Like in some of the guitar, in some of the the songs, he would tune in to what the guitar is playing instead of the bass, and really like match it rhythmically on the drums. Yeah, there's a song I, I forget which one it was, but he does that and he accents the guitar down yeah. with his um with his crash, mm -hmm. and he's playing I think in three four and they're playing mm -hmm. four four, mm -hmm. and so every like four beats it matches up perfectly. Yeah. And that just gives it even more of a driving force exactly. towards that, um, yeah. that melodic rhythm. You know, Completely. Combining the two. It's really, yeah. really cool. Because the guitar is like, I think, the thing that st will stand out the most. And so if you add a, a kick, like a punch with the drum set, then it really gives a oomph to the song. Yeah. And I have no other word than oomph to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, it's yeah, perfect. Huh? When I'm playing live, I'm, I'm listening to what people are saying, but I'm also actively looking at them yeah. and their body language. Because if I see that somebody is like going to change something or go back to the verse or to the chorus or whatever is the change is happening i'll see it i'll see it not just hear it yeah and the crazy thing is though like even though yeah you do look at people and see what they're doing and if they give you like a change now kind of look <laughs> yeah. like we're gonna end it you know yeah. there's that but there's a lot of um unspoken unseen just purely you know yeah. auditory communication that goes on that you don't register consciously no but when you're in that like perfect flow state where you're playing and like I'm playing and you're playing and mm. we're playing together mm. and without any communication there will be communication. some communication completely and that happened last time at the uh, live stream we did yeah where we both decided to you know kind of pick up the pace ramp up the uh the oomph yeah when I was on guitar you're drumming mm -hmm. yeah didn't say a word I didn't even look at you so I don't yeah. know maybe you were like seeing what I was doing but I wasn't looking at you man and yeah but you're locked in you know you go along yeah yeah communicate with each other yeah and the thing is when you with ears yeah <laughs> <laughs> and when you're like consciously focused on what you're doing you can't get that but equally no. if you're focused too much on what everyone else is doing you also can't get it it's like you undershoot or you overshoot but you got to be right in that sweet spot in yeah. the middle and then it flows yeah you gotta balance it <laughs> you gotta balance it out yeah, yeah i think yeah. if you learn to play with someone like we've played live multiple times together and now i like i know your style i kind of mm. understand what your language is yeah, you likewise know? yeah and so i don't need to sometimes you'll still give me the look like Okay, we're changing now, you know? <laughs> but often I know, I feel that you're going to move on to something yeah. else, and so I can and follow. Also, I think that's where um, your proficiency comes in, because as you were saying, you know, you can't let your body automatically play mm. um, without thinking if you don't know your instrument very well. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Definitely. <laughs> so I think this is the hard, sorry. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering, like, what if you f mess up? Live? Yeah, like, you know, you, you still communicate, but... Actually, yeah, if I can, just before you answer, man, because on guitar, like, I think John Coltrane, or any note-based instrument, I think it was either Miles Davis or Coltrane, I think it was Davis, but he said, there are no wrong notes, just play it twice and you're fine. <laughs> Which is true, but on drums, yeah. you can't do that. You can't just play, I mean, maybe you can, I don't know, but if I play a wrong note, I can either slide up to a right note or play the same thing twice and make it seem legit. Yeah. But how do you play it off if you if you mess up? 
the first time I did a concert. <laughs> I don't. The first time I did a concert, I played a, a Bon Jovi song. It was at a bar. I was like, I was like 12 or 13, and my teacher had organized it with all the students. Right, same uh, strict guy. Yeah, no, 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 no. The, um, this is the, the second one. Okay, cool, cool. Um, and so at the gig, I'm like halfway through the song, and I dropped my stick. And it was the first time that I dropped a stick playing live. Well, it's the first time I played live, you know? And I dropped the yeah. stick. And I didn't know that, like, there was a bag full of sticks right next to me. So I could just take one. <laughs> so I was like, fuck. And I stopped and I waited. I was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Somebody gave me the stick. And I continued. Like, because the track didn't stop. So I just continued. And I think that, like, after that, my teacher told me, like, you learned a really valuable lesson. On drums, if you mess up live, just keep playing. Don't stop. You're the tempo, mm-hmm. right? in a sense so if I stop because I fucked up and I don't jump back in like right okay because for example if I mess up and I stop and I give it a rest and then I hear that the bar is going to come back if I don't jump back in then then it's obvious that I made a mistake right. it's really hard to like just stop and then jump again even all of the professional drummers when they make a mistake live they'll keep playing and they'll correct it a little mm-hmm. bit after that's this, golden rule. Just yeah, don't stop. Like. There's this really cool video I saw, like a very short one. You might have seen it too. Of um, I think it's like a church or like a gospel band playing, mm-hmm. and the drummer like there's a you know the guy singing up front. He's conducting. He's like giving them the sign of like you know, cut yeah. you know, and the drummer misses it. And he goes on. I think for another like bar and a half maybe. The guy looks back again and tells him like stop, and he goes on for like a through the next bar and into half of the one after that, mm-hmm. and then he stops. You know, after the second time the guy looks at him, next bar comes around, still halfway into that bar, plays the same, like, groove that he played in the half of the second bar. Yeah. And then the guy looks back at me, he's like, what are you doing, man? And he just does it one more time, cuts again, and then throws a fill as they come back in where he's meant to. Whoa. So he went over not only, like, where he was supposed to stop, but yeah. halfway into the bar, yeah. stopped, and just repeated it. Mm. You know, repeated it with a pause. And brought it in, and it sounded so much better than if you would have just like stopped completely yeah. and still come in on the one. Yeah, there you which go. I guess is the same as like that. Play it twice, you know. Yeah, a little bit yeah. in that sense. Yeah, you gotta, you really have to. And a lot of the time when I listen to recordings, and I think I'm gonna have this when I listen back to what I'm saying now, I'm gonna be like, I would have, should not have said that, or I should have said it differently. When I play, when I hear myself, what I've recorded, I really, I'm always like, this is really bad. I don't like what I did. I could have done it cleaner. I, there's no groove in this, and I beat myself up for it. But I know that when I play live, if as long as you keep playing, nobody will hear the mistake. Yeah, I've gotten away with so many horrible, atrocious mistakes playing live, and people don't really notice because you keep going. Also, as a drummer, as long as you're not doing a solo, there's very few people looking at you mm-hmm. besides musicians. All right, so what you mentioned earlier about drums being um, a meditative state that you get into, like the whole body's playing, this is of course kind of a spiritual thing, as you could say. Um, How is this, how how does drums uh, nourish your soul? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think for me, it's, in in my experience, it's been some meditative tool. I'm going to say I'm somebody who, I'm a lot in my head, I overthink things a lot. Mm-hmm. I am very um, em- empathetic, and like I'm an empath in the sense that I, uh, I feel very guilty easily when I inhibit somebody's like day or experience of fun. Mm-hmm. So I keep to myself a lot. 
I'm not really an introvert, but I mm. still have that. And drumming really was, as we were saying earlier, you really have to be in your body, and it really was because of that. Um, yeah, a tool for meditation. Because it like pulls you out of your own head. Exactly, right. literally, it pulls me out of my own head. It pulls nice. me out of my own like prison that I put myself in. Um, and because it, it really taught me the importance of existing in a material world and not just in my head and in emotions and theor theories and, and such, right? So like you're just there in the moment. Yeah, yeah literally. <laughs> pure yeah. like awareness. You know, pure, yeah, exactly. It, it awesome. feels very instinctive in it's the sense very, that... very... Sorry, not to no, no. Yeah, I'm guessing it's also quite like expressive in the sense that you... You know, because like you said, it is a language, mm -hmm. and words are great for conveying very specific ideas and mm -hmm. very like precise things. But uh, music seems to be better for those kind of vague emotions that you can't quite pinpoint. You know, you so. had a weird day. It's you odd. don't know if you're sad, angry, like yeah. what's happening. Play some music, yeah. and it'll express itself. Exactly. You know? Often uh, I'll go play the drums, and I'll play something that's like maybe angrier than I had anticipated. And, <laughs> uh, whoa, okay, this was this needed to come out, and yeah. I'm always very surprised. Um, and it's something that's definitely very expressive playing the drums people ask me what it feels like often and for example in comparison in comparing an electric drum kit to an acoustic one I've always had an acoustic one I was lucky enough to have mm. an acoustic one <laughs> to be able to, to have one to yeah. be able to have yeah. one yeah um, and when you play on an acoustic drum kit every time you hit something it's like an explosion it really feels like you are conducting fireworks. It is such a grand, grand I think is the word. When you're playing your groove and then you go into the toms, that's just, it's just a powerful driving force. Nice. That, and this, when you're playing it, there's no way you're in your head. When you're mm -hmm. playing that, there is no way. Just because it's so loud and the feel like the drum, the drum actually, sorry, the drum actually <laughs> explodes, right? So there's, it'll instantly just pull you out. And I think that's why my mom, like, told me play drums. Also, ah. she's nice. a, a good. Uh, that's really good. Good call. Yeah, parents. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. That, that, yeah, that is awesome. Mostly people, you know, when you meditate, it's um, people go to the silent place. You know, they go completely silent. Everything gets blocked out, so you go extremely in yourself. But what you're doing is you go extremely in yourself with the opposite of that. So it goes extremely loud, and that's that's why you mm -hmm. can. Kind yeah. of find a silence mm. with but sound of silence. Hey. Sound of silence. <laughs> yeah. But then that depends on your on your definition of meditation. For me, yeah. it is be, be getting yourself out of your mind and just being in the moment, right? Yeah. It's that, that flow state. You that know? is exactly. However, you get there still, yeah. and yeah. yeah, if it happens to be that it gets you get there more easily by physically playing and being kind of more aggressive, yeah. that's great. You know that works. And it doesn't have to be necessarily aggressive. Sometimes I'll just play rudiments. I'll play the paradiddle mm. for like. 30 minutes straight oh, wow. with, a temp, with a metronome and it's the same awful. thing over and over like, da, 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 just an even beat and that's when really you get into meditation because you oh. get so bored <laughs> it is so boring to practice rudiments but you have to focus you have to be precise you have to be on the beat and so you you're really there you, there's no way you can let your mind wander off because that's when you're going to make mistakes and you don't want that so you mm. really have to focus and be present and when you do it for half an hour afterwards it's the same feeling of having meditated for half an hour in my experience i've also uh, tried meditation and i found it to be the same yeah nice mm. no I, I definitely get the music so i think that's mm. a common thing for everybody which is why everybody should play music man even if you're not like super <laughs> into it you should yeah 
learn some instrument because it's mm -hmm. like it's it's such a primal thing in a way mm -hmm. just to be able to express through a medium Completely. other than language and I think to relate to what you were saying earlier uh, that music has the capability the capability of expressing certain things that words can't yeah I think language in itself yeah. has its downfalls and music can fill these gaps yeah, absolutely words is an art form as yeah. music is yeah yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> so man it's been a pleasure and um yeah, for the sake of not going on too long, as we said, we're going to roll a couple clips of us jamming that we recorded some time back and of you doing a little drum solo. Mm -hmm. But actually, before we close, there is one very important question that we oh. ask pretty much everybody it's very important. Uh, on the music committee. Whoa. It's now, foundational. Probably the most important question you'll ever answer in your life. Yes. Mm -hmm. Get ready. So, you ready? I think so. If you were trapped on a deserted island, for the rest of your life. You already know what it is. I already know what it is. You've got a magical record player that doesn't need electricity, and you've got three records. Wow. You're going to listen to them for the rest of your life. Which three do you For the rest of pick? my life. The rest of rest your life. Of it's your a life. long time. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to have the album Cold Fact by Sixto Rodriguez, because it's a beautiful oh, album nice. that would fit, that has a bit of everything. Um, I'm going to say you're a... Synchronicity by the police because Stuart Copeland, the drummer, is just incredible. And for my last album, I'm gonna say an album by Tina Turner. You gotta have Ooh. some funk in there, a Tina bit of disco, Turner. something. I'm, I gotta add oh. a Tina Turner face. Cool. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Right. Good choices. Thanks, Good choices. Man. Yeah. So anyway, it's been a pleasure, and um, I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I can't wait for you to get out of my room. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna go then. All right. Thanks, not for having. Me. Yeah, well, Ew. thanks don't for leaving you. so quickly. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I miss him already.
was really cool. Yes, I enjoyed, I enjoyed myself that. greatly. Yeah, it was a mm-hmm. cool jam at the end. Awesome solo from Cyril as well. Yep. And, you know, if you want to hear more from Cyril, he does have a band. Oh, what's yeah. that called now? They're called Night Shift. They're on Spotify. Uh, they have one EP out. I believe it's three or four songs, but they're really nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing more from them. And I'm looking forward to the next episode of mm-hmm. our podcast. Mm-hmm. So, what's the music committee going to talk about that time? Uh, well, we're not really sure yet what we're going to do for next episode, but we'll announce that shortly. For now, I hope everyone that's listening has enjoyed themselves, because we really enjoyed this episode, and uh, we hope you come to the next one and listen to the next one. We'll be hanging. This has been the Music Committee on our very first podcast ever. Yes. Thank all you right. all. Thanks for listening.